Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Lots of people say they love sports, but I've met few whose actions and words are as convincing as Josh Thoreau. Today, we've got part one of our conversation with Josh, whose sports experience is vast and impressive, which is why I'm excited for you to hear his unique insights. Let's get to it. Josh Thoreau and I have a lot in common. In fact, we initially met because of our shared passion for basketball, playing some pickup basketball at a Minneapolis private school, and even playing in an adult league together. Well, neither of us ended up fulfilling the dream of so many to become a professional athlete, but we both managed to carve out careers in and around sports. As we've gotten to know each other over the years, I've come to admire Josh's deep commitment to sports at many levels, as well as his nuanced and thoughtful perspective. In part one of our talk, you're gonna learn about his sports journey, which started in Sock Prairie, Wisconsin, and you'll hear his passion for his current job and what he believes are the keys to a successful student athlete. Let's get to it. Well, I am so excited to have Josh Thoreau as my guest on Winning Is Not Everything. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. Awesome, Sean. Looking forward to it. Uh, We should have done this a long time ago. I'm glad we're getting together on it. Well, Josh, one of the things I was excited to have you on as a guest is just because you've got such an incredible, rich experience around sports. You were a high-level athlete competing in college in baseball. You've been a high school basketball coach, a high school baseball coach, and now you've been an administrator as well as an athletic director. But the other thing that I find fascinating is you've been a official for a very, very long time, and it's something that you're very passionate about. So... Before we get too far, though, Josh, I have to start with some of our standard questions for all our guests. And the first one is, what's your favorite childhood sports-related memory? Uh, That's a great question. I've always loved sports from uh, a young age, and I think it was because my father was into athletics, so, um, you know, loved it. Um, You know, as I think back, um, I made an all-star baseball team one time, you know, when I was 13, 14, I think it was Babe Ruth. And, um, you know, we made uh, the the district tournament and won that, our all-star group, and so we got to go up to De Pere, Wisconsin to play in the state tournament. I thought that was a great thing. So I had a lot of fun winning that district and didn't play as well at state, but we had a great time. And to be an all-star was a big deal. So that was great. Josh, which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Um, a guy by the name of John Helwig. His son, Jed, is the athletic director at North St. Paul. We're good friends to this day. Uh, John Helwig was our Legion baseball coach, and uh, he just freed me up as a shortstop. You know, um, that was my position. And, you know, I, I kind of watched the big league ball players, and um, I'd attack the ball and throw sidearm over to first. And every coach I ever had uh, said, throw over the top. you got to do it the right way and blah, blah, blah. And, you, know, so, you know, discouraged me a little bit from, you know, being myself. I, I you know, I, I was kind of a... You know, that, I, I love the game of baseball. I played it hard, and I, I, um, but John freed me up to be me as a shortstop. He said, 
what do you mean you can't throw a sidearm? You know, that's what all the major league players do. They pick it up a quick release, and, uh, you know, he encouraged me. And uh, he's a guy, and I've always said this uh, about him, you know, there was not a ground ball that went underneath my glove or, or through my legs ever because I would get in front of the ball and take it off the teeth if I had to for John Helwig. I mean, I, I'd go out on the on the field, and I, I just wanted to play hard for him uh, because, you know, I, I, you know, he believed in me, and, I, you know, I never wanted to let him down. What was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenger defeat? Well, unfortunately, I've lost too much of my life, so I got to narrow this down. <laughs> I lost a few. Um, you know, um, from a playing perspective, I think just somewhere along the line, you know, we, we build ourselves up and we become, you know, as good as we can be. And then, um, there's always somebody who is a little bit better. So I, I tell this story, you know, I played amateur baseball out of, uh, out of college and, um, I played shortstop on this amateur team, and, and one day a guy named Sean McCamey, who played at St. Paul Central here and went on to play in the Dodgers organization, he was finally done um, you know, pursuing that uh, professional career. And when he came back and I watched him play the same position I was playing, I realized I wasn't all that. You know, there's a guy who can do it at a much higher level and couldn't make it to the major leagues. So that was, for me, was a realization. You know, I, I was a good ball player, but... It, there's so many great people out there. So it wasn't a loss or a defeat. It was just an acknowledgement of, man, you have to be a phenomenal athlete to do it at the highest level. Uh, shortly thereafter, you know, I, I stopped playing baseball. I started playing slow pitch softball because I just realized, you know, it, it was over that way. <laughs> um, I've gone on to play 35 and over baseball for yeah. 10 years and love that. Yeah. So it's a never stop loving the game, but it's just a realization. I, you know, call it a loss, call it a defeat, just call it a, you know, coming to grips with there's just always somebody out there a little bit better than you. Yeah. Josh, as a coach, you've had girls who played at a very high level. As an athletic director, you've had two players with NBA potential. How do you balance working with so many young people who have professional dreams, but far fewer even have the capability to make that a reality? Sure. I just think, you know, athletics is great for a lot of different reasons. And stay involved with them as long as you can. I'll go back to, you know, professional fo football players like Brett Favre and people are always trying to talk him out into retirement five years early. Nope, don't do that. Play it as long as it'll carry you because it's some of the most fun we'll have in our lives are, are playing the sports that we love for as long as we can play them. So that's going to vary from athlete to athlete. You know, some of us, you know, that, you know, we get cut from the varsity team. You know, it just didn't work out. Some of us get to play all the way through high school and realize we can't play at the collegiate level. If you can play at the college level, I encourage any kid to do that. You know, and then there's some, we, we finally got some guys who are going to play professionally and I want them to enjoy that experience for as long as they can. I encourage all of our athletes to play as many sports as they can because someday it does you know the ball goes flat you know we just can't we can't do it anymore we can't play those games that we love so I just encourage kids try every sport that you can play it for as long as you can and just enjoy that time it, it takes some of us to till we're 18 and then we're done some of us get to play you know into our 40s and, and that's great too so uh, I encourage kids to just try everything stick with it forever if you can so enjoy it while it lasts And, and like me, you've been able to take that passion for sports and, and neither of us were able to make our 
professional playing aspirations, but able to make this a career. One of the things I love is just how much joy you bring to your job. Tell me about what that perspective's like for you being, you know, an administrator, being an athletic director uh, at Minnehaha Academy. Sure. Well, like I said, I love athletics. I love sports. I like watching people achieve their, their highest potential. I mean, that's fun. As an athletic director, I tell everybody I'm a really high-paid cheerleader. I can cheer on coaches. I can cheer on players. And I, I just love that aspect of the job, right? I, I just... I love people reaching their potential in anything. And, uh, yeah, it's not me anymore out there on the field, but I, I can watch our kids who I feel, you know, a, a level of connection to. So it's almost like I'm winning sometimes, too, you know. So I, I love watching those kids do that. And believe it or not, if you're doing the job right, you can watch that at the ninth grade level, the JV level, the varsity level. Uh, kids are achieving all over the place. And if you don't like seeing that, I, you're probably in the wrong profession. I get paid uh, to be involved in athletics, and I think that's that's a great thing. Uh, you're supposed to do a job that you love, right? And, and you know, I, I love athletics. I love watching kids uh, perform at that high level. So it's been great. And uh, it's a great job if you can get one. So, Josh, my next question is, what's one thing you would tell your 8, 12 or 16 year old self? Yeah, uh, just uh, treat your teammates, you know, with respect. Don't get so caught up competitively um, that you're not, um, you know, enjoying your time with your friends out on the field. Um, sometimes I'd get in my own little world and I was over competitive. Um, something I've had to battle with my whole life is not valuing the scoreboard so much that, uh, you know, I'm not enjoying the time with the people I'm around, you know. So um, I, I think that's what I would encourage uh, my younger self with is just enjoy the people you're with, encourage them, make them better in every aspect as while you're trying to make yourself um, as competitive and, and, and in a positive manner that you can. Looking back, what's something you appreciated about your parents' influence on your athletic journey? Uh, my parents thought I was really good. <laughs> they were always positive with me. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, uh, negativity with it. Um, oftentimes I was glad I played a deep shortstop. So my parents couldn't, you hear the language I was using on the field when I was a knucklehead, uh, you know, so, uh, because we, I came from a strong, you know, uh, faith-based family who, uh, wouldn't have approved of that, but no, my mom uh, was positive. I could play uh, shortstop for the Chicago white Sox. Uh, I love that about her. She you know, was always positive, probably a little unrealistic on her part, but she she was always surprised that uh, you know I wasn't getting drafted and things like that because she she thought I was so good. Um, th they were very encouraging and uh, th they were the right kind of parents as far as you know. Th there was no pressure. Um, they were there at every game and uh, they cared a lot and and they still to this day and they often told me they were proud of me and as a parent now I need to do that with my kids. Let them know how proud I am of their efforts, win, lose, or you know sometimes when things go bad you even have to let them know it's it's not about the scoreboard for us. We care about you. Uh, as a person, we're proud of the effort you're putting out on the field. Absolutely. That's great. Great perspective. What's something you wrestled or struggled with in middle or high school? I was small. You know, I, I, that that was tough. You know, I, I was not I was not a big guy. I remember when I was 16, I got my driver's license and I put down I was six foot, 160 pounds. And I was lying in both ends. I was I was not either. I wasn't you know, I was maybe five, 10, uh, 140 pounds, but I had size 12 
shoes. So it was like, come on, when am I going to grow? I was a slow twitch muscle guy. So everything I did on a, in a competitive manner, I really had to earn. I had to be smarter than the next guy. I had to, you know, play the game the right way. And the other aspect was from a basketball perspective, you know, I wanted to no look pass and do all those things. And high school coaches hate that stuff. You know, they want you to play fundamentally sound. And that just wasn't the way I felt the game. That wasn't the way the people I loved watching play the game did it. So I battled with coaches that way, just the manner of my my play, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I wasn't a big kid, you know, so there was nothing given to me. I had to earn everything I had athletically. You played baseball. You played basketball, and then you had an opportunity to go to college, University of Northwestern, to play baseball, which you did for four years. What was that experience like? Um, what did you learn, and what were some of the highlights of your experience? Yeah, I, I loved playing baseball uh, here in uh, Roseville. We call it University of Northwestern St. Paul now. My son is actually playing there, so that's great, too. You know, I played for a great coach, and, and Dave Heeb, uh, who encouraged me a lot. When you came on campus, you know, you, they asked, are you a pitcher? Are you a fielder or whatever? And, you know, I said, well, I'm a shortstop and a pitcher. And they're like, oh, choose one. And, well, I chose shortstop. I wasn't going to be just a pitch one day, a week guy. You know, so that wasn't what I wanted to do. So um, played shortstop, you know, that first year you come in and once again you know I'm coming from I was all conference my, my senior year of high school so I think I'm a, a really good baseball player well you come on campus and you realize as a 17 year old kid you're on team now with 21 year old men they're bigger stronger faster um, so I had to earn my way up so freshman year was tough you know I had to you know back up a senior and um, work my way in the starting lineup over the years but that challenge made it all worthwhile when I when I earned that spot and I played with great people and, and worked hard and you know it, playing division three or NAIA baseball that you you know um, you know there, there's a there's a ceiling to it you're, you're not at the highest level um, but I didn't compete like that I, I tried to you know play like I was uh, like the World Series was on the line every time out and um, man I gave it my all all the time and then you know going to a great school where I had great friends and met my wife and everything like that that was probably the highlight you know she was the shortstop on the softball team I was the shortstop on the baseball team and you know that's how uh, we came together um, we won a uh, conference our junior year it was a big deal you know that was great and um, 25 years later Northwestern wins their next conference title that this last year with my son on the team so uh, 25 years apart, uh, winning conference titles, and uh, I was on the, the team in the 1996 that did it, and now this year, you know, well, the, finally they got it done again, and my son was on the team. So those are highlights there that I can think of. That is very special, you know, that you and your son were able to accomplish that. But here's the bigger question. Who's the better shortstop, you or your wife? Well, she, let's say this. She was a better hitter. I was a better defensive shortstop. So I, I, I'm going to give her a little love there. Great left-handed hitter she was. So uh, And uh, obviously our kids have gotten some of their talent from her as well. What are some of the keys you look for in successful student-athletes? Well, uh, you know, you started out by saying student athlete, so let's get it done in the classroom. Uh, really, if you're if you're doing those things, it takes all the drama out of your sports, right? Now I can go after school and I can just go be myself and play hard without thinking about, you know, oh boy, I'm getting behind with all my homework. So if you're handling all your business in the classroom, you've got a lot better chance of being success, successful out on the on the field. Uh, I want that kid to be coachable. Okay, that's the key, right? You know, if you come out there and you think that you know everything, well, you're just not going to improve. You know. Uh, 
uh, we've got great coaches here at Minnehaha Academy uh, who can teach our kids some things. So uh, be coachable, learn from them. You know, know your coaches. If they're giving you that constructive criticism, there's a reason for it. They want to see you get better. Uh, we want you to reach that potential again. We talked about that. So that's what I'm looking for. Handle that that stuff there. Come out and be coachable, and, and then have that great work ethic. Right? Come every day to practice excited. I know from being a basketball coach that five months together is a lot of time together. It's tough to give your best effort every time out. But if you're one of those kids who's showing up early to practice, working on your game even before coach tells you what to do, you're going to have a lot of success. As the steward of the athletic program at Minnehaha, which has had a lot of success, what do you look for in the coaches that you bring on, you know, throughout whatever program it is? You don't have to have been a great player to, to do it, right? You just have to have a passion for that sport, a great knowledge and background of the sport, and a way to communicate that knowledge to kids who need that knowledge, okay? Uh, so the first thing first is that passion. I, I love the sport. You know, I'm invested in it. Uh, if you don't have a passion for it, you're going to fizzle out over the long season. So um, we got to have people that are, are dedicated to that. So um, th- that's the number one thing. Uh, great communicators. Boy, if you can handle that communication piece, not only with the players, you know, face to face, but let parents know what's going on, you know, what to expect. Um, I think that's a benefit as well. Uh, you do have to have a little bit of a competitive nature to it. The scoreboard is not the one, number one and only thing here. It really it isn't. I want to see somebody who's competitive about taking their team from point A to point B. My favorite coaches are the ones where I can see huge improvements from the start of the season to the end of the season. And believe it or not, that doesn't happen in all sports all the time. You can see it. It sticks out like a sore thumb when you see that huge improvement from the start of the year to the end of the year. That's what I want out of my coaches. That passion, that knowledge, and the ability to take a team from point A to point B. Huge improvement. And sometimes that improvement only shows up with four victories, but four victories maybe that the average coach couldn't have gotten done. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing that. I see that, and I always point it out when I see that in my coaches. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.